In this episode of the Unfold the Soul, Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast, I learned the hard way that presence alone, along with some buttery baritone and a pretty face, is not enough to ensure school improvement. Let's get started. Girl, he reads from these journals he kept when he was a principal. Uncut and uncensored, putting all his business in the street. The podcast, Bless His Heart. The name, Ken Williams. What a wake-up call for me today. I attended grade-level meetings with teaching teams to get an idea of the progress monitoring going on at the school. And what I discovered is that progress monitoring is not going on consistently. Damn, I've been in the dark. All of a sudden, it is the single most important thing for me to focus on. Damn, I had no idea. Lesson learned. Presence alone and a pretty face is not enough to affect change. I proceeded to clarify expectations, establish parameters, deadlines, and support. I arranged for every teacher to have a half day of release time to develop literacy centers. These literacy centers are designed to reinforce the concepts taught while teachers work with small groups. I feel really good about that after meeting with all the teams. This wake-up call, four months into my first year at this school, is really the first time I felt like an instructional leader. I feel like we got a shot. However, I'm expecting some fallout from all this because these teachers have not had clear expectations in years. They've been in survival mode, and now I'm sure they're feeling like I'm bringing the hammer to that ass. And I am. Let's get into it. My first thought is this. I I remember as a young classroom teacher, my first principal, Ken Evans, he he brought to our attention something that jolted the hell out of us then, but sounds pretty routine now. And that is our our local results, you know, the, the, the grades that we were giving on report cards were not matching the achievement on the standardized test like there was great misalignment and he challenged us and supported us to make that more aligned and I remember it jolting the hell out of us as teachers but we could not turn away from that truth so it really caused us to align our instruction with important outcomes and from that day forward you know in my years as a classroom teacher and then eventually as a school leader, I was always out to make achievement a predictable experience. I didn't want us to be surprised. I spent the first couple of years as a teacher in the, what I call hammer and hope mode. You hammer away like crazy and then you kind of uh, get into a fetal position with your fingers crossed and hope for the best on the standardized test. I didn't like that feeling. I wanted achievement to be a predictable experience. And so in this situation, my wake-up call was, hey, the, you know, the expectations I laid out and the progress monitoring I expected was happening in classrooms wasn't happening consistently. And that brings me to another point. School leaders, the principal is the linchpin of the PLC process. The principal is the linchpin of any kind of school-wide school improvement. 
the collaborative team is the engine that drives a PLC without a question. While the collaborative team is the engine, the principal is the linchpin because the principal is the one person in the building who can put systems in place to assure that best practices are happening school-wide. So I knew right away, while I might have been, I'm human, so I, I'm not gonna tell you I wasn't frustrated with certain teams and certain teachers, but that didn't last long because I knew the buck stopped with me. Anything that wasn't going on in classrooms that I expected to be consistent and pervasive throughout the school starts with me. What am I doing or not doing to make that happen? And so I, I quickly had to own it. And as school leaders, we have to own it. We gotta figure out what is it that we're doing that is not in the service of teachers engaging in pervasive best practice. So I had to own it. The second thing is, is to really put embed systems in our culture that help our teams focus on local data. I can remember at the time we were really caught up in the, you know, kind of new quarterly benchmarks and, you know, the standardized test, the, the CRT at the time. And I understand that. In fact, I, I just finished a call today with the district. And one of the things I mentioned was our school system as a whole in a nation doesn't really uh, do a whole lot to support us there. I mean, it almost feels like there's a gun to your head uh, regarding results on a standardized test. And way too many schools use that as their ultimate measure and kind of stay in survival mode the whole year and then kind of picking their heads up at the end to see how we did on the universal screeners. Well, we've got to focus on local results, local results that become good predictors for the high stakes results. And so I had to really help them get focused on not only collecting that data, but trusting it and aligning the instructions so that our achievement becomes a predictable experience. We should know within a small margin of error how we're gonna do before the kids sit down for these larger assessments. And listen, even when there's not a larger assessment, focusing on local data, it builds confidence, it builds capacity, it builds powerful systems within teams so they can positively affect. So I would challenge leaders to you know, ask yourself, what is it that you wanna see going on school-wide? What are those best practices that fall under your collective commitments that we expect everyone to do? Because that's what mission is about. Any mission-driven work is about a handful of collective commitments, behavioral commitments, not we about the kids. That's not a, that's not a collective commitment, right? Behavioral collective commitments, observable commitments we make, usually centered around best practice that we're all gonna do. And then how do you monitor that? How do you support that? Clearly, I thought I was clear with my expectations, but it turns out I wasn't. And I wasn't following up. And um, what gets monitored gets done. I'm not talking about from a snoop advisory sense. I'm talking about it's so important that we have to keep track of it. And so that that's so ask yourself, are there best practices that you want to see happen school-wide have you been clear with your teams about what that looks like sounds like and feels like have you provided the requisite resources supports and trainings for them to get there don't drag it out all year right teachers are highly skilled and well educated 
It does not take a year to get a best practice going. And then the last point I want to make in this episode is something that the late Dr. Rick DeFort taught me. God rest his soul. And that's reciprocal accountability. For every ounce of expectation you make clear to your teams, you've got to provide an equal amount of resources and supports for them to get there. And if you notice in that journal entry, I mean, it's 15 years old. The last thing I mentioned was, you know, expectations, parameters, deadlines, and support. You've got to have the deadlines. You can't drag this stuff out. I, I work with way too many schools that tell me they're a PLC school, they're on question two, and they're just gonna do question one and two for this year and kind of see how it goes and ease their way into it. If they don't get to see the big picture, the entire teaching, learning, and assessment cycle work together in a short amount of time, the process is gonna move from one that is well-intentioned and organic to one that is done in piecemeal and it's gonna devolve into compliance. That's a huge issue I see. Teams have to see the big picture. How does this teaching, learning, and assessment cycle work in concert? Paint the big picture first, and then you can go back and work on their individual parts. But those deadlines create urgency. Your teachers are qualified. They can get it done if they have the right resources, the support, and the why is clear. And so we've gotta make that happen as school leaders. Okay, I keep saying the last thing. This is the last, last thing. You notice how I mentioned in the instant I realized these practices weren't happening school-wide, right? Monitoring progress of every student toward mastery learning. It became the single most important thing for me to do, right? To make that happen. That is the main thing. There is nothing else. Like everything comes after ensuring students are learning, right? Ensuring that they're learning what we deem essential. So it's it's not something to, to, to fit in. It's it's not something that you're adding to teachers' plates. It's it's this is what we do. To that end, I'm going to include a link to a video. I'll include the link and I'll include the tweet to this video I, I, I did and posted recently called How Do You Fit PLCs In When Your Plate Is Full? And I think it's going to really uh, reinforce the message of this episode. And so, so for leaders whose teachers' plates are full and this process feels like you're adding one more thing to their plates and it's starting to pull at your heartstrings and you're feeling some angst about it. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to be straight with you. This is what we do. This is the, this is the thing that sits in the center of our plate. Like this is the steak, right? This, this is the entree. It's the main course. If you've got uh, uh, French fries and, and snow peas and asparagus around it and it's taking up too much room and it's interfering with the main course, you got to move that stuff. This stuff doesn't get moved. And so other things must be taken off their plates immediately because this is what we do. This is the work. Monitoring every student's progress, assuring every student masters essential learning outcomes, ones that we've deemed essential. There's nothing more important than that. It's our fundamental purpose. And so don't ever look at the PLC process as something you're adding, 
right? If, if it didn't exist at your school before and it does now, it is what we do. It is the main thing. It's the only thing that matters. Everything else, everything else is negotiable, but not ensuring learning. And I'm serious about mine. I'm so sincere. And leaders, I hope you receive this in the spirit it's given. It's not designed for you to you know, beat yourself up about things. It should be an empowering moment where you realize since the buck stops with me, since I am the linchpin that drives anything that goes on school-wide, I have an opportunity. So don't take this as a negative. Oh, hi. Thanks for checking in. I'm still a piece of garbage. <laughs> Instead, use it as a challenge to strengthen your leadership, broaden your impact, and your ability to affect the bottom line regarding improve student learning. Hey, I know you're probably thinking, man, it must be amazing to make a living doing a podcast once a week, but that would be the furthest thing from the truth. What I do as my full-time work is I consult with schools and districts. I coach leaders and teacher leaders. And if you hear anything in this podcast that I can help you with, either virtually or on site, please go to the notes and contact me at unfoldthesoul.com slash contact. That will pull up my calendar. We can set up a time to talk about opportunities, objectives, things you want to accomplish. And we can determine then whether or not my skill set is a match for your outcomes. Unfoldthesoul.com slash contact. If you'd like to provide some feedback about this podcast, please hit me up at blesshisheartken at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate, and review. I appreciate you. On the next episode of the Unfold the Soul Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast, something powerful happens when you give students a sincere, authentic, and genuine reputation to uphold. This brings us to the end of episode 15. Again, I ask you to please subscribe, rate, review, provide some feedback. I'm looking forward to recording more episodes for you. And remember, no matter what's going on in the world, when you wake up on the right side of dirt, you're playing with house money, baby. You playing with house money. You've been listening to the Unfold the Soul Bless His Heart podcast with Ken Williams. For more information about Ken, visit unfoldthesoul.com.